Welcome to an exciting episode of the That's a Good Point podcast. This is episode six of season six. As always, this is Dion here with John and Irv. If you've listened before, you know how this works. If you have not, you'll catch on. We're going to rank some things by having each contestant battle it out, mano a mano. One on one, head to head. And when we're done, we'll give our order of the items. Uh, we do love to hear from you, whether you agree or disagree, or if you have ideas of a list that we should rank. Check us out on Instagram and or Twitter at that's a good point one. Point. There's no T at the end of point. It's just P O I N the number one. We really haven't talked about why in recent times. And we should do that. Well, so there, <laughs> so there I was, uh-huh. and was creating a Twitter handle for us. Which, Social media director Irv Irving. Yeah, thankfully John's taken over that mm. uh, that mantle because you know he's doing a lot better job than I ever did with it. I don't but know about that. I messed up the name because I just forgot. I put that in, and they did a suggested whatever handle or whatever Twitter handle, and it didn't have the T at the end. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I didn't type that in manually. I just sure, said, you sure. know that's gonna be. I typed in that's a good point, and that's. That's a good point one. So, at what point did you realize there was no, how, what point? At, at what point did you realize there was no T on the end? Was it right then and there no. when they suggested, it or was it like after you went through everything? After I went through everything, I sort of followed a bunch of people, and then they're like, because then I think you guys started following with your personal accounts, and you're like, what's the? Why is there no T on? Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's led to the the point, point. And, and of course the pointers. Pointers. The pointers. Our, pointers. our biggest fans we call pointers and not no the pointer tea. sisters. <laughs> well, there's no T. That'd be the pointer. Be the pointer sister. The point, 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 pointer. 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 Hey, last week <laughs> on this wonderful podcast, we ranked some misheard lyrics. Apologies for all the laughter. Uh, I'm sure you had to turn the volume down a few times. Hopefully, our friend didn't almost drive off the road when we left. Um, but it was fun discussion, and so it was hard not to laugh. Yeah. Uh, and even afterwards, I'm still not sure how you rank, quote-unquote, rank misheard lyrics. But. Yeah, objective, fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did a good job, though, and I was yeah. happy. It was fun to do. And 400 we, kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely a lot of funny moments because. Oh, of, for sure. I mean, misheard song lyrics are good. Are they funny. funny sometimes? Yep. Absolutely. So, it was yeah. our attempt at comedy. We could do that again and probably re-, re-, re rank them all differently, and we'd still be happy with it just because it's a fun conversation. Absolutely. Uh, for all the pointers out there that do know how this works, we are going to do this a little different this week. Uh, in our pre recording preparation, we kind of decided that there's, amongst the three of us, anyway, anyway there was a definite top five, and the six, whatever was sixth place, would just be an addition. So we're only going to rank five items. We've never had an, a list this small. However... So if you're on a time budget, this might be the episode for you. Oh, you say that. You say that. Right. Right. Wait, you wait. Well, this In is the longest About podcast. 40 minutes from now. <laughs> just mid-stages right. of things. Yeah. This is our, uh, our guess. We're going to guess this will be a shorter one. We'll see how we live up to that. Uh, but there were six... Strong contenders for number six, and so what we decided to do is we actually pre-rank those, and so we're going to give you our number six through eleven before we get into it. So this week, we are going to rank songs by the country music artist Johnny Cash. I do legend, say legend, legend. I do say country music artist. He's also he's in the country music hall of fame. He's also in the gospel music hall of fame and in the rock and roll hall of fame. Oh. And so when you say country artist, I mean I think he's obviously best known for country. That's what sure. you associate him with, but he spanned many genres and worked with a lot of 
different artists and a lot of his songs charted on the on the Billboard pop hits as well as the country hits. So absolutely. Um, some songs that did not make our top eleven didn't sneak in there, but uh, make some other lists. Uh, Rusty Cage, Ghost Riders in the Sky, Don't Take Your Guns to Town. That's a good one. I've been everywhere. That got famous on that TV commercial. Remember that? What was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that they had that commercial out. It was on every. I don't know. We didn't put Highwayman on the list because that's actually by the Highwaymen, right? Yep. It's part of a super group. Uh, what are some other ones we left off the list that we probably could have had on there? He does a version of uh, Orange Blossom Special with, uh, who's the Hee Haw guitar player? Ray, Buck Owens or Ray, Roy Clark? Roy Clark with Roy Clark. That's pretty good. Um, I like Big River and Get Rhythm. Yeah. Those are maybe a little older, like 50s. Yep. Johnny Cash, but I like those. He has a very distinct style, like that boom, chicka boom, chicka boom. Yeah. You get that? Yep. Did my uh, explanation there and yeah. sound effects? <laughs> we knew what you hit the nail on yeah. the head. I think you did. But he does have a lot of that type of rhythm in his songs. I feel like, especially yeah. the early ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think those songs you listed, and then the ones we have in our eleven, I think are pretty good. Uh, pretty good coverage of. Of kind of his best ones and yeah, um, Rusty Cage is that who who's he covering? I don't even know if I know that song. Uh, I thought Rusty Cage was a WWE wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Rusty Cage is that uh, like I don't know Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah, it's one. It's funny. Yeah, he came okay. out. It was when he did uh, the Depeche Mode song and the well, Nine Inch Nails song, and yeah, he did. Yep. And that, but a lot of people really liked. Oh, absolutely. He did a lot of those, those like kind of later albums because he did like I Won't Back Down. Yeah. Um, that's Tom Petty one, right? And he did a, did he do, he did a couple Bruce Springsteen songs, I want to say. Anyway, he did a lot of covers there towards the tail end of his career, I think. I'm yeah. looking through a list now and it's got a couple other different ones. Um, Five Feet High and Rising yeah. is a pretty good song. Ragged Old Flag. Uh, the Ballad of Ira Hayes. Ballad of Ira Hayes, kind of a. He does a lot of storytelling songs, yeah, obviously. For sure. That old country, "Don't Take Your Guns to Town." Um, those are all really good tunes as well. Yeah. So the ones we pre-ranked, the six we pre-ranked, and we'll just give them to you in order. Maybe give you a little information about them. But and once again, any one of these probably could have finished six, but we have an eleven through six today. And rather than spend all the time having that discussion, we'll just kind of give you how they ended up when we ranked them beforehand. Cut to the chase. Number 11 was Sunday Morning Coming Down, uh, written by Chris Christofferson in 1969, originally performed by Ray Stevens, and then Cash sang it. He won the Country Music Association Award for the Song of the Year in 1970, and it hit number one on the country music chart. Number 10, A Boy Named Sue. A uh, boy named Sue. Um, maybe did either of you watch the Ken Burns country music deal on I started, PBS like I started two years to, ago? Yeah, I started to, and then I've never I gone back and watched. Highly it. recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's very very good. But I remember them talking about this tidbit on that um, series. Boy named Sue was written by a person that I bet you both have heard of, named Shel Silverstein. Yeah. Where the sidewalk ends yep. and the something in the attic, light in the attic or something, the book of poems. Right. Um, Shel Silverstein wrote it in 1969, and he wrote it, and he was inspired by a f- close friend of his named Gene Shepard. Does that ring a bell? 
Is that mean Gene Okerlund's real original name? J E A N. Oh. A guy named Gene Shepard. J E A N. Uh. Uh-uh. No. He is the guy who um, co-wrote and narrated a Christmas story. Okay. Okay. And was close friends with Shel Silverstein, so Shel was inspired by Gene Shepard because of the feminine-sounding name and wrote this song, A Boy Named Sue. A Boy Sue. Named Sue. Gotcha. And Johnny Cash ended up doing it at San Quentin in 1969, and that became Johnny Cash's biggest hit on the Billboard Hot 100 and his only top ten single. It spent three weeks at number two. Rock and roll. So... All types of tidbits there. There you go. So number 10 was A Boy Named Sue. Number 9, a song called Cocaine Blues. That was written, I don't have quite as much about this one, but it was written by a guy named Roy Hogshead in 1944. Um, Cash performed it at his Folsom Prison concert. And then it said it was also featured on a 1960 album and then also at Madison Square Garden. Um, There are some controversial lyrics in there that they wanted to edit out of some of his concerts and things some most of the time i think he went through it through with it but he also the 1960 album version was called transfusion blues and i really don't didn't get into why but it seemed like a song that was recorded by a lot of different people in a lot of different ways over the years this is the one i was probably least familiar with that's number nine cocaine blues number eight is daddy sang bass uh this was on his 1968 album Titled The Holy Land, it did make it to number one for six weeks. Uh, in his book, he wrote about how this is shortly after he overcame his drug addiction, and he helped his friend Carl Perkins overcome alcoholism, and so Carl Perkins wrote this song for him. Uh, fun tidbit, there's a section there that says, Me and Little Brother will join right in there. That's about his brother Jack, who died when he was a young kid, and that's actually sung in this original recording by two members of the Statler brothers. And then in the recording, uh, Mama Sang Tenor is not sung by June Carter, who would sing it in concerts with them later, but by a different woman. So huh. uh, that was so that was number eight. Number seven ended up being the song Hurt. Written in 1994, Trent Reznor, and performed by Nine Inch Nails. And then in 02, uh, Cash covered it. It was very commercially critically acclaimed. And then... Oh, 03, he did the music video for it, and um, that's been, you know, talked about as being one of the greatest music videos of all time. It's sort of this um, flashback on Cash's life, and, um, you know, it was kind of his swan song. So, um, right. you know, that, that's uh, definitely a good one, for sure. Yeah, and that would have been the same time as Rusty Cage that we talked about yep. earlier. I think he did Personal Jesus, was the Depeche yep. Mode, he kind of covered all those about the same time. Yep. And then number six, so if we would have included, this would have been, I guess, the one we put on the list to probably get beat by the other five. Well, we guess. can ask ourselves later. We can ask ourselves. Thinking back, is, yeah. could this have yep. had a win somewhere? It's a song, One Piece at a Time, uh, released in 1976. This is actually Johnny Cash's last number one hit. And uh, I didn't write this down, but didn't he perform it with another a group? Like They performed it together originally. Maybe I, maybe I just... I don't know. Miss, maybe I'm misremembering, but uh, it was kind of a, I forget what you call that, a, it was a single, it, just, it was supposed to be fun. If you've heard the song, you know it's a fun song. Right. Uh, a Cadillac dealer, actually. Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Three. The Tennessee Three, okay. Who were part of his variety show that we were looking gotcha. into. And then there was some Cadillac dealer that actually built him this car based on how it was 
sung, and then they gifted it to him, and he added his museum for a while till it closed down. Well, I remember uh, I took a family trip to Nashville, maybe 12 years old, and we went to a Johnny Cash museum, and the one piece of the time car was sitting right out front. Well, there you go. So there it was. wonder if that's still around or not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> wonder if it's street legal. Do you have to register it like a golf cart? <laughs> All right, so... Let's get down to brass tacks, I suppose. Let's, let's do with a ranking of the five that we considered the best. And so maybe you want to put one of those six through 11 on there. Maybe you want to throw one that we didn't include on our list. In, in hey, just to interrupt, you're talking about the Tennessee Three. And, yeah. Um, one of the members of that was a guy you just mentioned not too long ago, Carl Perkins. Yeah. Okay. So he was part of that. And That's his brother cool. Luther as well. Luther Perkins? Luther Perkins. Marty Stewart has been a member of the Tennessee Three, who's a pretty well-known guitarist, and John Carter Cash, because they brought this group back in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. The more you, the more you know. No, that's interesting tidbits. I'm, I'm glad to know those things. Full of tidbits. Our list today, no particular order. Number one, Folsom Prison Blues. Number two, Man in Black. Number three, I Walk the Line. Number four, Jackson. And number five, Ring of Fire. Did you say Jackson like Keith Jackson? Keith Jackson. <laughs> Whoa, no. <laughs> uh, so our first matchup is going to be Folsom Prison Blues taking on Man in Black. Uh, Folsom Prison Blues was first recorded in 1957. It was kind of one of his first hits. and then But it really took off when he performed it live in 1968 at Folsom Prison, and that became a number one hit then. Hit number 51 in the Rolling Stone Top 100 Country Songs of All Time. Actually, three of our songs, Johnny Cash has three songs in the Top 51 Country Songs of All Time, and this is one of them. Uh, number two, Man in Black. This was released in 1971. This was supposed to be kind of a, a protest song, yep. right? And so it's one of his hits that he's he's famously known as the Man in Black, and so he, in the song he kind of describes why kind of he wears black. Late and, Vietnam era type yeah. thing and... Height of the civil rights movement a little bit. So, yeah. A protest song from Johnny Cash. Yeah, so, I you know, a lot of times you say wolf. I think all of these might be wolves, Oof. which is yeah. why we have a top five and yeah. so on. Uh, and for me, though, I'm just going to go with Folsom Prison Blues, especially if you go listen to the, the live version, probably the one that people are most familiar with when he's singing it at Folsom Prison, and you can hear the... Prisoners cheering and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, my vote's going to go to Folsom Prison Blues. Well, you know, you hear, when you hear those first few notes of it, yeah. boom, 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 everyone knows what it is right, right then and yep, there. Yep. And is it, if you're at uh, an event or, you know, a restaurant, bar, and you hear this song, 90% of the people usually are singing along with it. So yep. I'm going Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah, I you know the Man in Black song is you know kind of a thinking song a little bit like when you think about all the things he's saying and it's kind of interesting his commentary on society. But I think I agree with you guys. Folsom Prison Blues I think is just a better, well, more well known song. Um, pro, you know, a little more singable or like sing along type song. Um, and live at Folsom Prison is a fantastic album. Uh, so uh, yeah, I gotta go with Folsom Prison Blues as well. I'll give it a sweep. That'll give it the sweep. Next up, Folsom Prison Blues is going to take on I Walk the Line. This was recorded in 1956. This was his first number one song. 
Uh, according to Rolling Stone, this is the the number one country song of all time, and they did a 500 greatest songs of all time. This made it to number 30. Also, the title of the movie that yep. was that 2005. We'll, yep, we'll be uh, revisiting that in a few weeks. We will be, yeah. So, uh, John, you're gonna lead us off. Another, whew, this is Folsom Prison Blues versus I Walk the Line. Both yeah. top 51 songs. <laughs> these are definitely two heavy time. hitters. Yeah. But like you said, all five of these are heavy hitters when you think about it. Yeah. Um, this is a tough decision. Both very, very well known. I'm going to do some thinking and talking out loud as I think. Um, both recorded about the same time. Yeah. Originally. You know, Folsom Prison Blues is kind of about what a guy in prison kind of thinking about what he done, what he's done, done and what he wants to do. I walk the lines more about a relationship. Yep. Right. Same with one of our future songs is going to be about that as well. Um, stalling a little bit, but I think I'm going to go with Folsom Prison Blues. All right. Yeah, and I think the nice thing or the, the cool thing about Johnny Cash is with with him and all the different types of songs he sings, and as with many great artists out there, like John talked about, you know, the prison blues one, you know, about a guy in prison, what's he going to do, whatever, and then he got the little more, like, love song type, and I Walk the Line and some of the other ones we've talked, or we're going to talk about, excuse me. Um, it kind of depends on the mood that you're in, and uh, right now I'd say, I'd, it, you know, I if you ask me which one I want to, listen to right now i'd rather listen to Folsom prison blues is the one i'd rather be listening to right I feel now. like i walk the line is like that perfect example of a johnny cash song like how it sounds that rhythm that i talked about before the yeah boom, chicka, boom, Folsom prison blues hits that yeah I, you're right it does <laughs> yeah it has that same same rhythm as well yeah i i could go either way on this one but i think you guys might have talked me into it made the good points and i'll i'll make it another sweep with that. Irving and Leosoff is going to be Folsom Prison Blues. It's going to take on Jackson. Now this is actually a duet with his wife at the time, June Carter. Uh, it was first recorded in 1963 by the... Ki- <coughs> Excuse me. Oh boy. The Kingston Trio. Oh, you say the kittens. <laughs> by the kittens. The Kingston Trio. Sorry. Johnny Cash and June Carter recorded it in 1967. It was actually recorded by multiple different duets. I want to say Nancy Sinatra and someone else did a, did a version of this. Um, but, yeah. What, what else do we know about the song Jackson? It's about a married couple that goes and... They're going to Jackson. Going to Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know where. Jackson what? Jackson, Both partners Mississippi. Travel to Jackson. Jackson, Michigan. Jackson. Yeah. Who knows? Well, and it it's kind of them taunting each other. It is a very fun, yeah. another very fun live song. Um, you know, a couple of these versions of these different songs are probably a little, you know, better live. And I think this one is one that uh, could probably be a, definitely a crowd pleaser, getting the crowd into it, you know, at some of those old concerts and whatnot. Um, and I think that would have been pretty funny to see them sing this song together for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just looked this up real quick. It relates the desire of both partners to travel to Jackson, where the husband believes he would be turned loose, 
be with many women and be worshipped. Well, the wife says he's going to achieve nothing but damage him his health and people are going to see him as a fool. Yes. So she says she'll be there waiting, having her own fun and laughing at him. Yes. So it is, it is a very fun song. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I again, we put these in the top five for a reason and uh, on a lot of them you probably could flip the coin and be okay with the result. Uh, but I... Just, I think one of them's a little more iconic to me, and I think that's Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah, you can go with iconic, and once again, this is the same. That's probably true for all these, but depends the kind of mood you're in. Yep. If you're in for a just a fun song, and, a, and it's a cool duet. It's, a, it's This sounds a little different. You talk about a typical Johnny Cash song. This one's probably the one that breaks away from sure. that mold, and so it's maybe the most different of these, but I'm still going to vote for Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah, this one is a uh, difficult decision for me because I like both of these a lot. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, you got to look at the, the... It's not just about what I like. I mean, it kind of is because it's our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I am also going to look at the overall scope of things and that Folsom Prison Blues is probably a little more popular, a little more well-known, albeit not a lot well more well-known, but I'll go Folsom Prison. That'll make it a sweep. All right, I'm going to lead us off. This is going to be Folsom Prison Blues. It's going to take on Ring of Fire. This was released in 1963. It was written by June Carter. So so I, I read a little story about that. Yeah. Johnny Cash's first wife says, hmm, he's giving credit to June, but that's not really who wrote it. Because it's kind of about him and June lusting for each other while he was still married. And was she married too? Yeah, she was married to whatever, like, that race car driver or whatever, right? Something, yeah. So his first wife says that he wrote it, and then he just said one day, ah, she needs some help, and I'm going to give her credit for it, too. Okay. So I don't know who's to believe. Right. Could just be a little jealousy. A little spiteful. Yeah. This is the third song that makes that top 51. This is the number 27 country song of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Also, number 87 in the best song, 500 songs of all time, so... Two of these songs make like the best song, no matter what genre it is. Is it the only Johnny Cash song with a mariachi band? I would assume so. <laughs> I can't, I can't think, think of any think others. Of any others. <laughs> uh, and I, I lead us off here, and and for my mind, I bring a fire is typical Johnny Cash, but just enough different to separate it out from the rest of the songs. Uh, you wouldn't confuse it with another not that if you know them you don't confuse them but i mean if you hear right. it, it's like oh that's johnny cash what is this one again you have yep. to go like when you hear ring of fire the horns give it away I mean, oh, yeah you know it's ring of fire and so i personally i think i like ring of fire better than Folsom prison blues and that's going to get my vote today mm. yeah these are tricky for sure i knew we were going to be walking into a tough conversation because of the fact we only have five and they're all really really good right um there's not a weak link here. Um, and it, it, these two are very similar, where I mentioned earlier how Folsom Prison, you could hear those first couple notes and you know exactly what it oh, is. Yeah. Well, when you hear the horns playing, yep. you know yeah, exactly what it is. Ring of Fire has been covered by a lot of a lot of bands. When I was researching earlier, I found a lot of different bands. Really? That sung, sung I'll have to go that. listen. I don't know yeah. that that, of all Johnny Cash songs, like when I think of ones that have been covered, I don't know that I've... Listen to any covers of this one. Uh, I should say, I mean, there's a lot of Johnny Cash songs. You go 
I would go look, and I was on Spotify, and sure. uh, the Statler brothers sang it, and Chris Christopherson sang it, and so I mean, other country singers like to sing each other's stuff. This was covered by different, a lot of different genres, like other other than just country singers trying to do this. Sure. So I, I think it has some maybe broader appeal into other types of music. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I, on the la- my, our last one, Folsom Prison and Jackson, I mentioned, well, Folsom Prison is probably a little more well-known and people sing along to it and this and that. Well, Ring of Fire meets that same criteria. Right. Like, I haven't met too many people that don't know the chorus to Ring of Fire either. Oh, boy. Just, this is one where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go probably one way and then go back against it at some point. Look this up real quick. Bob Dylan did a cover of it in 96. Ray Charles, 1970. Frank Zappa in 1991. That's cool. Uh, Earl Scruggs and Billy Bob Fortin did one in 2001. Earl Scruggs from... Flattens, what was it? Flattens. That was in like the forties, wasn't it? Yeah, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> Maybe he's a descendant or something. Say, who the heck is Earl Scruggs? But Billy, I didn't know Billy Bob Thornton was a. Singer. Don't the yeah. Cleverly sing about Earl Scruggs? <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, well, Monroe Earl Scruggs was born in nineteen twenty-four, and yeah, it's that Earl it's Scruggs. That Earl Scruggs, the one that played the theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. Died in twenty twelve. Um, I've stalled long enough. I'm going to go Ring of Fire. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't do a list ahead of time this week, so again, I know we've done, you know, done that in a couple different episodes where, like, my pre-rankings, see how we do. Um, okay. Tom Jones did a cover of it. I want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Tom <laughs> Jones singing Ring of Fire. <laughs> Uh, you guys made some really great points about the similarities, but then also the differences. And Dion, you said something about breaking free from that mold a little bit. Again, I know this isn't, uh, no matter what I say, is not necessarily going to change the vote here. But um, I I think for the iconic, like the horns at the beginning, um, it is that love song a little bit. And I like to believe that June Carter wrote it. And like the way it's depicted in the movie, that was kind of at a point where those two were struggling to get along. And it kind of is one of those things that helps to bring them back together somewhat a little bit. Um I'm going to go with Ring of Fire as well and give it the sweep. All right. That is not the direction I thought that was all going to go. Because coming into this, I thought I was going to vote for Folsom Prison ahead of everything. And I would have thought I Walked the Line might have just hammered through all of them. And here we are. Huh. But like you said, we start this talking, could, this well, this could mishmash all yeah, over. Yeah, Ring of Fire is not home free. Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. No. Not at all. Not at all. All right, uh, John, you're going to lead us off. This is going to be Man in Black versus I Walk the Line. Being that we think this will be a little shorter podcast today, we probably don't need to quite keep her moving as quick. That's true. But we also don't want to drag her feet. Right. Um, I'm going to go with I Walk the Line here. Classic Johnny Cash. Um, I'm going to go Man in Black. And I, I just... Again, looking at the lyrics, I'm just kind of scanning through them right here, and I obviously have known them, but I just like I I appreciate the social commentary here a little bit, and um, at at a time where yes, a lot of people did that, a lot of artists did yeah. that, uh, but a lot not of times, in the country genre. But that's where I was going to go. It was yeah. in the country genre. I don't think it was it was a lot more of that patriotism and a lot more of that you don't question your country. And I think Johnny Cash, to all his credit, uh, was a proud American. But I think he was willing to question everything, and and even the same on like the religious side of thing. He always said he was more spiritual than religious, and and so on and so forth. And I I appreciate his willingness and his comments, and 
Um, I like, you know, like you said, that's also his name now, or that's what we called him was the man, the man in black. black. So Back in the country community, he was probably looked at as a bit like a hippie. Well, a little, re- little rebellious, and yeah, like they always, it's again, it's in the movies, like your fans are a bunch of Christians. They don't want you going singing at a prison or whatever. And he's like, well, then they're not real Christians. And I, I know that's a movie, you know, depiction, but I still like to think that that was sort of his mentality. Based like, on something that really yeah. happened. Do you think, like, the large majority of because there's a lot of younger people today. We work with young people all the time that know Johnny Cash and know these songs. Do you think they even know about Man in Black or like what it was about? Or? Probably not. Probably not. I bet they don't. I bet they know the song, but probably don't understand what it was about or where it came. But from. you know, it's Ring of Fire and probably Folsom Prison. Some of those are probably going to stick out a little more than yeah. Yeah. than Man in Black. Probably. Yeah, it'd probably be a lot of people that are. Not as not not knowledgeable about Johnny Cash and kind of some of the things you just talked about, Irv. No, yeah. that's interesting. Well, this is our first tie, and of course it goes to me. So yeah, of course Wolf. we planned it that way. Yeah, Irv and I were communicating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where do you want to stick it to? Deal. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, I, I'm just. You both made good points, and I'm I'm just gonna have to go with the fact that. I Walk the Line is the name of his movie. It is considered by at least Rolling Stone the sure. number one country song of all time. And it just has a little more power for me, and so I'm, I'm going to go with It's simply more the iconic. Line. It's more classic cash. Yeah. I, I would argue if you weren't going to name his movie I Walk the Line, Man in Black would be a heck of a title. Yeah. Since that, that explains that, who he was. That would have been a great title. Yeah. Right. I'm actually surprised that wasn't the title. Yeah. Right. But. All right. Irving, lead us off. This is going to be Man in Black. Uh, against Jackson. Um, again, talked about things earlier. The mood you're in, right? So these are kind of vastly different in the mood yet you're going to be in to listen to these two. Um, but because I, I, again, I think Jackson's a funny song. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna for this one, I'm gonna stick with what I've been saying with with Man in Black and just the the social commentary. And I, I just, I really enjoy that song. Goes to me then. Um... I enjoy both of them, but I, I like the fun, lightheartedness of Jackson a little more than the serious side of sure. Man in Black, and so I'm and for that reason I'm going to vote for give June some love here and, and go with Jackson. So you talked about the movie a little bit, which we're going to break down a little more here in a few weeks, and I'm going to plan on rewatching it after doing this podcast. It makes me want to rewatch. I walk the line again. Yeah. Um, but one of the, the the scene that really sticks out to me from that movie is the scene where they're singing Jackson and how they're kind of going back and forth and making fun of each other a little bit and having a good time. Um, and I think it's one of the best duets, which that would be a whole other great podcast. Hey, yeah, yes, you do. Best, best duets. Herb, um, I think your points are fantastic about Man in Black because when going into this, I'm like, hmm, I think there are proud. I thought there were maybe three or four on our other list that I would have voted for over Man in Black. Oh, really? Okay. But now I don't see it that way. It's much, much closer. But I'm going to go Jackson here anyway. Right on. I'll give it a slight victory, maybe even an upset. Uh, I lead us off to be Man in Black versus Ring of Fire. And and I, I like Ring of Fire a little better, and so that's where my vote's going to go. Yeah, I'm going to continue on with Ring of Fire here. Um, if it beat Folsom Prison, it's going to beat Man in Black. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Um, 
Ring of Fire is it's got a lot of firepower. I mean, it's just, oh, it's that one's going to be a difficult one to beat today. Um, you know, uh, but again, I, I think I did a good job giving Man in Black the you know the love for this round, but yeah. I, I I think that Ring of Fire is the way to go on that one. Uh, John, you're going to lead us off. This is going to be I Walk the Line. It's going to take on Jackson. Hmm. Another difficult situation. Yeah, I said these are all <laughs> this, right? There isn't a single one that's There's, not there's no way we're voting on this stuff consistently throughout. No. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, but that's what's great about the Matrix, or prioritizing grid. It is. Um, I think... I think I have to go with I Walk the Line, and that Jackson is such a good song. It almost hurts me to say that, but I think it's Hurt. the right call. Nope, that's not on this list. Oh, that was sorry. on the previous <laughs> list. I haven't done enough research on this song, but I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe there's a couple different, I would call them versions of this song, but it's essentially the same song, but like there's one version where it starts off with, I keep a close watch on this heart of mine, and then there's also another version, I believe, that starts off with, I find it very, very easy to be true. Yeah. And so I don't know if one was just an earlier version, the one's more like the greatest hits version. I think those or, are just two... Um, I know, they're both in the song, that's what I'm saying, but I, I'm pretty certain there's two different versions where they both started off, right? Oh. Where they start the song. I, I haven't done enough research, I don't know. So I... And maybe I'm going crazy, so I want to do a little research on that and follow up with that maybe on next week's podcast okay. or whatever. But yeah. um, we could just. But anyway, um, so I, 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 for some reason, that's in my mind. It's not necessarily going to impact a vote here, but I just, I, I seem to recall that. Anyway. See, so you're saying they're both in both both versions, but I think one. But you starts, think they flip the order sometimes? Yeah. Okay, and, and you know that's one of those things like artists tend to change lyrics or flip orders or repeat some things sometimes where other times they don't. Um, so that definitely could be, especially if you're talking live versions. Sure, changing, we talked about this, I think, a few couple years ago, but White Snake and uh, Here I Go Again on My Own. It's he's like a, like a hobo, I was born to walk alone, was the original version. And that was the 1982 White Snake. Hobo? Like a hobo, I was born to walk alone. And then when it they, makes sense. When they re-released it in like 86 or 87, they changed it to a drifter. And then that's when the song really took off. Huh. So they just changed it. So it depends I on the version, version you live on. L- live on? Which version live you listen on? to. Uh, <laughs> either way, uh, I'm going to go with I Walk the Line. I think it's yeah, yeah. It's just a little more iconic there for sure. So. I think just a little more iconic. Uh, any given time, I'd probably rather listen to Jackson, but... I'm going to go with I Walk the Line and give it the sweep. Irving and Leah Soft, this is going to be I Walk the Line, Ring of Fire, Woof. These are the two <laughs> most top-rated, and I think two of the more listened-to songs by him. One considered the number one, one considered the number 27 country song of all time. They both made the best 500 songs of all time, regardless of genre. Ring of Fire. Give it to the mariachi band, I guess. The mariachi band done did it for you? Yeah. Is it a mariachi band or just a trumpet? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's more than one more trumpet. Than one. Yeah. Like, I feel there's like a little harmony there, maybe. A it little, seems like it, yeah. Somewhat. That was your vote? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, I am going to go with uh, stalling, stalling, stalling. Anyone want to make a good point? What are we doing? I feel like I we've made. I walk the line and ring a fire. I'm just. I guess you guys have already given it the win. Yeah. Um, so I'll just go ring a fire. All right, our last matchup today, a little bit shorter in the voting, fewer votes, although the discussion's been a little longer, but which is a good thing we only went with five. Jackson's going to take on Ring of Fire. Um, once again, you can go with the fun factor, but I think just overall, I'd usually rather listen to Ring of Fire, and that's going to get my vote today. I'll agree on the, the vote with Ring of Fire. But I think a lot of times I prefer to listen to Jackson a little more, but I think just Ring of Fire is that much more well-known and sung along to. Although Jackson, a lot of people like to do that karaoke, especially as a duet. Yeah. But, um, I'm going to go Ring of Fire. Yep, sweep it. All right, let me tabulate away. So, do you have any? You have some info there, or well, you I, I look you into think that? we get in trouble if I like if I hit play and we listen real quick. You think there's a, hey, there's only one way to find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if let's see if the sensors are really paying attention, and that's a good point. Is this a version? Yeah, this is a version. Right? You can hear like you're talking about. You were trying to describe earlier. Is this like karaoke? <laughs> Today, Johnny. <laughs> so there, there's. I find it very easy. For and, and that's what I've always thought the but first I line is. I don't believe so because here's the studio version, and I'm gonna do a little fast forward. I think. Oh, that's quicker. Yeah. Oh, I keep a close watch. I keep a close watch. That is interesting. They do start two different ways, depending on. Yeah. I never knew that. It's his song. He can sing it how he wants, right? Yeah. It's so like I his podcast. So I don't know where the difference took place or what the original. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. I, for some reason I I knew that stuck in my head for. Very reason. nice. That's a that's a good find. I never ever ever knew that. So in case we get uh, blocked from our podcast and have to go back and do mm-hmm. some editing, what we just did is listen to two different versions of I Walk the Line, and they do start differently. Yes. So. Uh, I guess I always thought it was I Keep a Close Watch on This Heart of Mine was the first one. Yeah. Line. Yep. Huh. What was the order there? All right. The order. Uh, number five, Man in Black. Number four, Jackson Number three, I Walk the Line. Number two, Folsom Prison Blues. And our best Johnny Cash song, Ring of Fire. And now we ask ourselves, could One Piece at a Time, Daddy Sang Bass, or Hurt have leapt any of those five? For me, I don't think so. Opinions? No. No, I I think, you know, for me, Man in Black is being ended up our number five. I pushed hard for that one to get a couple votes, but obviously it didn't happen. But Yeah. Um, but if we had thrown a six in here, it would have... Probably swept whatever it was, unless John, you got one. I think I mentioned earlier how coming in, I thought that maybe one of those other songs could beat Man in Black, but after 
some of the points Irv made, I would say that we were probably best served with keeping these five separate. So, hopefully you liked our list. Let us know what you think of it. At That's a Good Point One. Point! Well, we're looking at the time here, and we didn't stay super short, but we're short enough that we have time for a start one, sit one, cut one. And uh, I think in honor of the duet Jackson with Johnny and June, we should do uh, start one, sit one, cut one. We'll take three country duets. Male-female duets here, so we're not going to go with uh, Waylon and Willie and Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. That can be a later episode. We can do that. I uh, dig it. That'd be a good one. Uh, one of my favorites, Whiskey Lullaby, Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss. You got a standard, uh, Islands in the Stream, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. And then, in honor of uh, Johnny Cash, we're going to do It Ain't Me, Babe, but instead of doing Johnny and June, we're going to take the version from the movie. Uh, soundtrack it's Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon and again that's a little uh, preview of what's to come yeah so podcast wise Whiskey Lullaby Islands in the Stream It Ain't Me Babe and this is the Joaquin and Reese version of It Ain't Me Babe anybody want to volunteer to go first I'll go first alright I am going to cut Islands in the Stream it's fun it's well known Never been a big Dolly Parton fan. Kenny's okay. Um, not a super exciting song. I'm going to sit. By the way, I ran across another podcast that does start one, sit one, cut one. That's what you were saying, yeah. And they obviously stole it from us. So obviously, big fans. Probably. Yeah. We got a lot of. There's a lot of pointers out there that don't own up to it. You know we'll, we'll we'll maybe tweet at them a little bit. Yeah, we should see if we can get a response. Um, I'm going to sit. Whiskey Lullaby, Lullaby. so I'm going to go ahead and start the Joaquin and Reese. Maybe I'm biased because we've been talking about Johnny yeah, Cash yeah. for the last Recency 40 Recency bias, you bet. But uh, that's what I'm going to do. So one of the things you said was Islands in the Stream is not a real exciting song as opposed to Whiskey Lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point, Irv. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's fair. Because that's fair. it's kind of a bummer, I'm going to cut Whiskey Lullaby. Oh. Uh, I... Think it's a really good song though. I I, I do. I just but it, it, it just is, it kinda bums me out, man. Irv, you're cutting something <laughs> with whiskey in the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit Islands in the Stream and I am going to start uh, Joaquin and Reese's version of uh, It Ain't Me Babe. Alright. I'm going to cut Islands in the Stream classic and when it comes on I'm gonna sing along to it. Uh, but Probably not my favorite of this. I'm going to bench or sit It Ain't Me Babe by Joaquin and Reese. And as depressing as it might be, I just love the song Whiskey Lullaby. <laughs> sure. So I'm going to start Whiskey Lullaby with Brad Paisley and Alice. All right. Brown, so. That was a fun one. Good episode. Great discussion. As always, let us know what you think. Get out there on the socials. and Or if you see us walking around town, stop us and say hey. Uh, so, hey! <laughs> Carl, you got anything else back there before we uh, cut out? <laughs> so, uh, until next time, Sayonara.